to episode 9 of the formerly untitled Sandspoint Podcast Project. I'm your host, Richard J. Anderson, and I'd like to begin this episode by announcing that this is no longer the untitled Sandspoint Podcast Project. Uh, as of this episode, this is now called Pointless Chatter with Richard J. Anderson. And I'm, of course, Richard J. Anderson. Hello. It's going to be basically the same thing as it's always been, but uh, my goal is that my hope is that having a, a title and everything around the show will inspire me to be a little more proactive in getting it out the door on a regular basis. You know, having calling it the Untitled Project is not really a recipe for getting good work done, I think. So let's get right down to it. I've got a big topic to talk about, and it's something that's been on my mind as of late around a few things. Uh, it's I'm think, thinking about my relationship with Apple. Uh, I've been an Apple fan for, oh goodness, uh, about a decade now. I think it'll be, next month will be the 10th anniversary of buying my first Mac, the um, the Mac Mini. And even before that, I had, my first Apple product was a third generation uh, iPod Classic, before it was called the Classic. 40 gigabytes of music in my pocket. I was cock of the walk in college, man. My iPhone doesn't hold as much as that original iPod did. I only have a 32 gigabyte iPhone. <laughs> anyway, I've been wondering, thinking a bit about just why I've been using Apple products for the last 10 years. And, you know, there's been a lot of uh, griping among people who are largely Apple fans about what the company's been up to lately with this, with the watch and the focus on fashion and are they moving too fast with this one port MacBook and the gold and buying beats and all that? And every time I read this com kind of commentary or listen to that kind of commentary, I just sort of roll my eyes a bit because I don't really think these are affecting the reasons why I continue to use Apple products. And you know, I, I didn't come straight to the Mac before I switched. My main experience with Apple products was in School computer labs, which is never a good way to evaluate a product, period. I remember the original Bondi Blue iMac still running Mac. I think it was, I think the original Bondi Blue iMac ran Mac OS 8, but don't hold me to that. Someone please search that for me and yell at me later. And I built my high school's uh, website on that thing, and it was a chore. Yeah, it was... I could run uh, my bootleg copy of Photoshop on my Windows machine and run a text editor and run a browser without problems. On that iMac, oh, it got crashy. But after spending some time using Linux as my primary operating system in college and just getting increasingly frustrated with it and my, at the time, ailing Pentium 3 machine, I decided, screw this, I'm not going back to Windows. Windows Vista is about to come out. This was around 2005. Windows Vista is coming out. It's not looking good. Windows XP sucks. The only other option is the Mac. I've got $500. Let's do this. And I'll still remember the moment that sold me on the Mac probably permanently. And that was when I plugged in my digital camera and iPhoto popped up back before iPhoto became a bloated turd. And I got a dialog box asking me if I wanted to import the photos from my camera. And I'm just thinking back to the arcane command line process I had to go through in Linux to uh, to get photos off my camera, and I'm just thinking, oh my god, I've wasted so much of my life. 
So that that's what sold me. And right now, all my main computing devices, uh, save for my ebook reader, uh, are all Apple products. I have a Kindle to read ebooks on because, uh, for obvious reasons. I stayed with Apple products because they work together in a way that I never got to experience with any other ecosystem. And I, I like the build quality and everything, but you know, I freely admit that there, there's reasons not to use Apple hardware. Valid, very valid ones. The first, of course, is, is, is cost. You know, you can get a really good computer for a third, a really good laptop for a third of what my MacBook Pro cost me. And I got this refurbed. So, you know, I, I paid $1,600 and I can get a perfectly serviceable computer for, that'll do everything I do on this thing just as well for a third of the price. In fact, I recently came across a link to a buyer's guide for used ThinkPads. I could get not a MacBook Pro equivalent, at least you know, not a 2012 MacBook Pro equivalent, maybe a 2011, 2012 MacBook Pro equivalent, but right now used for $200. And if this thing were to suddenly just burst into flames, probably wouldn't have any compunction about pulling the trigger on a used uh, ThinkPad right now because I'd need a computer and that would be good enough. You can get a decent phone for really cheap. You can get a decent tablet for really cheap. I'm still eyeing that Winbook TW700 that Andy Anako was talking about. It's gone up on Amazon to $100, but $100 for a perfectly good Windows 8 tablet you can use for a real computer? That's kind of insane. Go back to Andy Anako for a minute. I remember one of the best things I ever read by him was his reasons for switching to Android, and they were all really good, really valid reasons. And one takeaway, I'm not going to be able to quote this exactly, is that it helps to take a step back and rethink our assumptions about why we use our products. Are we really buying these things because we think of the best tools or because of the logo on the back? I know for me it's a little bit of both because I am kind of logged into the Apple ecosystem, not as much as I used to be. You know, there's nothing stopping me from getting an Android device, ripping the DRM off of my uh, videos I purchased through iTunes. Thankfully, they've dropped the music DRM. That's That was a mess. But I, I don't want to. I'm happy to a point. I've had some frustrations lately with Yosemite, but I'm, I'm happy to a point to be locked in where I am. And someone out there is probably thinking Stockholm Syndrome, but, well, maybe it is. I don't know. But I think it's worth our time to when we can, explore outside of this ecosystem. My limitation right now is money, but I'd love to just get a cheap Android tablet. I'm really disappointed that the Nexus 7 is being discontinued because I've really been eyeing it as a way to sort of just get a taste of what using Android is like in 2015. I, I know that I, I've had very limited experience with Android for obvious reasons, uh, my girlfriend's phone, I've played with a testing device for uh, apps at my current day job for Android, and it's not as bad as I thought. And next, the Android 5 UI is really quite pretty, but the only way to know is to sort of dive in, and I think it's been suggested that part of why people are so defensive about their technology purchases is that we're throwing down anywhere from 2 to... 200 to $2,000 or more on something that we're more or less stuck with for the next several years. And 
I think that triggers something in our brains to make us defensive. I'm really interested in hearing what Apple people think about other platforms. That's why I follow Andy Notco. That's why uh, I was really interested in Matt Gemmell's piece about Windows Phone. Uh, I've never used Windows Phone, ever. I've suggested to people for who need a phone that's a good camera, but don't really care much about apps and stuff, but I've yet to use it. So reading his piece was remarkable and very interesting, I think. I'll throw a link to that in the show notes uh, with a few other things, and including some of my own pieces about Apple, uh, using Apple, switching to Apple, and looking at other platforms. You know, to sort of get back to it, you know, this is these are the kind of discussions that I don't see a lot of in tech writing. I think everyone sort of stakes their platform, stakes their claim, digs their heels in. One aspect of this that drives me up the wall is people talking about company profits, company margins, all this talk about the numbers. And I'll throw a link to uh, a piece I wrote about that a while back. And it's just, I don't care. I care about the tool, what I can do with the tool, the way it affects my life. And if it's a tool I like, I care that the company will be around to make more of it, to iterate upon it. I don't care Apple stock price is super high. I don't care what that means. I just want to know if I can count on the fact that I'll have a new computer, that when I need a new computer or when I need a new smartphone, I'll be able to go and get one from the company I prefer to get from. That's it. I want there to be healthy competition. I want there to be things that uh, benefit us as consumers and as tool users, but I don't give a damn about whose stock price is higher whose market share is higher. None of this is important. None of it. It's something that's been driving me nuts as I try to sort of get a foothold in this uh, tech commentary space. I'm just not interested in that story. I'm interested in the bigger picture of what these tools are and what we can do with them. And I hope I'm not the only one. If you're listening to this, you're probably not. I'm probably not alone. (laughs) So that's my piece I'm going to keep using Apple products. I want to explore other options as well. And hopefully if you're out there listening, if you've got an old Android device that can run Android 5, let me know. I'll I'll take it off your hands, uh, play with it for a while. Now, when I first started this podcast, I wanted to end every episode by plugging something I thought was cool. So I'm going to do that now. I'm going to bring that back. Uh, This past Saturday, I got the uh, pleasure of attending a launch party, a release party for a compilation of South American post-punk and dark electronic music called South America is Part of the Problem. And for anyone who is watching on Periscope, this is what the CD looks like. It's actually a two-disc set. And I'll drop in a link to where you can pick that up in the show notes. It's got some very cool music on it from Argentina, from Chile, and from Uruguay. And one track in particular I enjoy is uh, by the band Mueros Humanos. Uh, They were the uh, headliners at this event on Saturday and it was really quite impressive. So, uh, once again, thank you for listening. This is the uh, this is formerly the Untitled Sands Point Podcast Project. It is now Pointless Chatter with Richard J. Anderson. Uh, I know my overcast story have to do with the new artwork and everything, so yours will too. If you're so kind, please leave me a review on iTunes. Uh, get in touch if you have any comments or feedback. I'm at Sands Point on Twitter. There's also sandspoint.com slash contact if you want to send me something longer. And you can find the uh, the show notes in your podcast client 
or at sandspoint.com slash archives slash podcast. And don't worry, I'll be fixing that URL soon. Thank you for listening. Bye.